Hello, and welcome to the Automotive News Europe podcast for March 10th, 2022. I'm your host, Doug Bolduck, Managing Editor at a e Thanks so much for joining us. BorgWarner wants 25% of its total global revenue to come from supplying electric vehicles by 2025, and 45%, an estimated $10 billion in revenue, by 2030. That's a massive leap, given that just 5% of its revenue comes from EVs now, says Arnaldo Iezzi, who is Vice President and General Manager for Europe at the BorgWarner Power Drive Systems Division. BorgWarner is bullish it can reach the difficult target because of recent wins, such as its contract to provide the BMW iX and i4 EVs with high-voltage coolant heaters. Iezi also told us which product he sees as being in very high demand for the company as it shifts its focus toward electric powertrains. Hi, Arnaldo. Hey, thanks so much for being here today for the Automotive News Europe podcast. Hi, Doug. Thanks for having me here. What is BorgWarner's outlook for the European light vehicle market for 2022? At BorgWarner, we are moving electrification to the forefront of our strategy. Our focus is less on the outgrowth, but you know, more about how we execute our charging forward strategy that we have communicated to the street. And, you know, charging forward strategy is all about how we get to the 25% of our revenue coming from electric vehicles by 2025. That's our target. And then get to 45% of our revenue from electric vehicles by 2030. So that's really how uh, we are measuring success. And Generally speaking, about the market this year, we expect our end markets to be up between 6% and 9% for the year. Uh, and we expect our revenue growth to continue to exceed industry growth, as you know it has happened in the past years, driven basically by all the new business launches that we have in front of us. When you mentioned the 25% goal by 2025, some of the listeners might not be aware of where you're at at this moment in time. How much of a leap will that be for you? Are you at 10%? Are you at 5%? Yeah, we are around uh, 5% at the moment. And uh, again, we are aiming to uh, achieve 25% of our revenue from electric vehicles by 2025. How are we going to do that? I think you, you may have seen that uh, we have announced multiple business wins recently. Firstly, we announced that BMW is using our innovative heater technology for their fully electric iX and i4 vehicles. And if we look deeper at electrification business wins in Europe, we have also announced at the end of last year that we'll be supplying an European OEM with our 400 volts silicon carbide inverter for their battery electric vehicles and SOPs planned for 2023. We are also supplying a German OEM with our high-voltage electric motor for the second generation of a heavy-duty electric truck. And, and we are also awarded a BMS, or a battery management system, program with a top-notch European OEM. So, as you can see, Doug, uh, various interesting order books and, and, and more to come. We are still pursuing several other electrification business opportunities, 
with our electric vehicle product portfolio that we have, right, for passenger cars and also for, for commercial vehicles. As you make that switch to electrification, are there some components that you see as having a great future? We expect to see the silicon carbide inverters more broadly in the market, not only at 400 volts, but also moving towards 800 volts. And we are, you know, developing and implementing device level improvements that will bring additional increases in efficiency and the potential to improve costs relative to silicon. We see the trend that some OEMs may choose to leverage the power density of the silicon carbide to offer high-performance vehicles with this efficient technology. So again, that's a very exciting time for vehicle electrification and silicon carbide-based inverters is one of, one of the key pieces of that picture. How do turbochargers fit into the mix in 2022 and going forward. Do you folks anticipate and have a timeline already in place to show that they'll be declining as the electrification shift happens, particularly in Europe? There is still a need for advanced combustion technologies. That's what we see, like turbochargers or very cam timing and other products we have for combustion. For example, you know, that's going to be required to enable the highly efficient hybridization. So what we are doing, uh, we, we, we plan to optimize our combustion portfolio as part of our charging forward strategy that I alluded before. And even, is, even, even you know, refocusing our combustion assets, we'll continue to benefit financially from this portfolio. So for the years to come, again, we see a life for those products for uh, hybridization. So one way to think about our strategy is that our combustion portfolio supports the shift to the electrification. There's going to be fewer turbochargers. I mean, again, if you're going to do 25% of your business from electric cars and 45%, there's going to be a downgrade on those. And th that's just inevitable. Does that mean you will have fewer turbocharger plants or can you outfit a turbocharger plant to make something for your electric business? Yeah, that's something that uh, we will continue to evaluate, right? So again, we see for the years to come, business for turbochargers, very cam timing, for small gasoline engines, for example, but uh, as part of our charging forward strategy, we continue to evaluate how we can transform our business in that electrification shift and how we can use the manufacturing footprint and the engineering footprint that we have globally right to take the benefit of that so we have a we have you know global talents and you know we know that there is a battle for talent in this electrification new space as well and we have great talents you know around the world and then and that's part of our plan right to use those talents so we can continue to grow organically and inorganically in electrification and what's borg warner's plan when it comes to the battery market yeah, we, we have recently announced uh, the closing of the acquisition of Akasol, a German battery manufacturer that's based in Darmstadt. The technology leadership that Akasol has and the bookings that they've been able to generate in Europe and in the U.S. are outstanding. Akasol is a very excellent strategic fit as Borg 106 to continue to expand in the education portfolio. 
they make the battery modules and the battery packs and uh, we source the cells. And with the global lithium-ion battery market for electric vehicles expected to grow, as we know, we believe that uh, with this acquisition of Akaso, we, we are very well positioned to meet the demand for battery systems in the global electric commercial vehicle market through that acquisition. One of the challenges with this change is getting access to new materials, such as lithium, such as nickel. How are you folks preparing for that shift in ensuring that you will have the right amount of these different materials as you make that transition? We, we are working, uh, we have long-term partnerships with suppliers. We know that sales, availability, uh, and cost competitiveness, it's, you know, it's a challenge. Same thing with the, with the chip, right? The semiconductors. And uh, so we are learning as we go, right? And we know that those supply chain constraints, uh, the semiconductor and, and the battery cells right through the COVID pandemic have presented a challenge. Uh, and demand is, you know, has always come, coming back stronger and faster than the supply base can ramp up. So that's definitely a challenge. However, what we have learned, right? especially with the semiconductor challenge, right? Uh, that has taught us that it's extremely important to partner upstream and downstream, right? Upstream with our customers and downstream with our semiconductor suppliers. The second thing that we learned is that scale matters. And with our new business bookings in electrification and our growth in electrification, scale is gonna, is gonna help us. So, you know, through those lessons learned, we, we have now established uh, long-term uh, supply agreements with the semiconductor suppliers. We are doing the same with the battery cell suppliers in order to secure capacity and competitiveness that we need, again, to, to, you know, to, uh, to support the growth in electrification in the years to come. Can you name the different suppliers that you've set up these contracts with? Not really, but uh, I would say that what I, the only thing I can say is that we have some key, you know, partners and key suppliers for sales and for semiconductors, but I cannot name them. How do you divide up the world when you have a situation with a global company such as yourself, where the European, U.S. and Chinese markets appear to have different goals and different timelines when it comes to this switch to electrification? How do you make sure that your customers get the attention that they need because there's so much more demand here than there would be in the U.S. and maybe in China? So what we see regarding the regions, currently we see a strong push for electrification, especially in China and Europe. And, and we are booking significant business in these markets. Our global team can engineer products right to meet customer needs and different legislation requirements in now different parts of the world, you know, the regions. So our strategy is that we, we are gonna keep growing organically uh, and inorganically through mergers and acquisitions in order to transfer our electrification portfolio. And, and we, we, we are well positioned in all the regions of the world to cope with the electrification shift, again, by developing and manufacturing products locally in those regions. Well, Arnaldo, I want to thank you very much for joining us today for the Automotive News Europe podcast. Thanks for having me, Doug. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much.
we caught up with Arnaldo Iezi while he was visiting one of BorgWarner's plants in Poland. If you have an idea for a future podcast or would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me at dbolduck at autonews.com. For breaking news, please visit europe.autonews.com. You can listen to this podcast and a wide range of others from the Automotive News Group on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play, or on our website at europe.autonews.com. That wraps up this episode of the Automotive News Europe podcast for March 10th, 2022. I'm your host, Doug Bolduck, Managing Editor at a &E. Thanks so much for stopping by. We hope you'll tune in again next week.